This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Otago Access Radio, in partnership with Otago Polytech, brings you Blowing Bubbles. Blowing Bubbles brings you positive conversations with people in their bubbles around the world. How are people living their bubble lives? Working from home, keeping kids entertained, and staying connected and getting exercise. And how are these things presenting us with the opportunities to find new ways of living? Every weekday, the Sustainable Lens team of Samuel Mann, Shan Gallagher and Mara Karatai reach out from their bubbles to chat with interesting and positive people around the world. Broadcast on Otago Access Radio 105.4 FM and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz and sustainablelens.org. Bringing connection, joy, kindness and peace in the days ahead. Welcome to Blowing Bubbles, positive conversations with people in their bubbles, their safe spaces around the world. I'm Samuel Mann in Sawyer's Bay, Dunedin, and I am joined from Fakatane by Mawera Karatai. Kia ora, Mawera. Kia ora, Sam. How's it going? It's going very well indeed. We're making progress on a paper. We've actually submitted a paper. I know that. So and cool, we've got right? till Friday to, resub- to submit a, the, a similar paper to a different conference, a global conference. Are we actually going to get to go to these conferences? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because that's, that's, that's a happening actually. thing now. It's <laughs> <That's> so exciting. <laughs> We've just got to get it done by Friday. Oh, well. (laughs) Yeah, easy. And who are we introducing today? It is my great pleasure to introduce someone I've known for a long time, Sarah Galbraith. I've known Sarah, oh, I don't even, I think I met through the Chamber of Commerce a number of years ago, and it's been a really exciting few years watching her and her husband develop an extraordinary business, Bullseye Productions, and more recently, Sarah has founded The Social Approach, which I think is a very cool little business that's going to make a difference. And so welcome, Sarah, and thanks for all the goodness in your life. Oh, thank you. It's, um, you know, it's been such a pleasure since we, as you say, we connected all those years ago, and, you know, life is, takes you on all these journeys and all these changes, and you've you know, you're always having to constantly adapt and, and, you know, it's exciting. But thank you for having me on your show. I'm really excited to be here. Welcome, Sarah. Talking about adapting, we're asking people how their their bubble life was and how their traffic light life was or is. How's that been going for you? Oh, our bubble life, like, so during lockdown, we, we're homebodies. we're homebodies so it really it didn't affect us too much and my husband is much more of a people person so he he really thrives on connection like in-person connection so he probably found it the hardest in that regards my kids I've got three kids they're 16 13 and 10 and they loved every second of being home. <laughs> Didn't matter how long the lockdown was, they were happy to be there. They're happy to connect with their friends through the internet, through gaming. They, um, they, they're so creative in their gaming these days. It's different, to, you know. It's different to when we were, well, when I was young, and you know, I was Pac-Man and whatever else. And then even from when I was a teenager, you know, it's so different it's so creative now and so they get into these real creative worlds with their friends and and create these minecraft worlds and and so they felt really connected online and they weren't phased about being home at all they were more likely put out that they had to go back to school that was yeah they for them they found that difficult but they're happily back at school now 
they are. They they do when it gets to um, a long weekend and things. They like to think that it might carry on forever, and any hint of a cold, they're like, "Oh yes, I'll I'll need to stay home." But that's okay. I you know we just manage each situation as it comes as you do. Um, but yeah, they they really enjoyed the home life. And then as far as us with business, we were um, we had to put a lot of work on hold because we do video production with our, our company Bullseye Productions. So obviously we couldn't be out filming people in businesses. So that was all on hold. Um, but then, you know, new ideas sparked from there. So that was a bit exciting. So that's sort of the beginning days of where the social approach started to develop. So, yeah. I was going to say, did those new ideas, is that where the social approach came from? Because you were forced to think differently. I think so. It was after lockdown that I came up with the idea. So it was, probably about August and it was one of those shower thoughts and I I remember coming out to the lounge and I said oh, I've just had this idea and I have to do it like if if I don't do it I knew I knew it so strongly so straight away like I was like this idea has the potential to be you know a real good one it's it's going to suit people that are working from home more. It's going to suit people now that we're going more online um, and people are needing to promote their businesses through social media. Um, so I came out and I was like, I have to do this idea. I don't know how I'm going to do it because it's so much bigger than me. Um, but it, And it wouldn't go away. It wouldn't go away. So from there, the sort of journey started. But I think it was it was – the process of lockdown, the process of the world starting to use the internet more, Zooms, and everyone got so much more comfortable with using their online resources. Um, but, you know, when it comes to social media, so what well, the social approach is, it's a um, membership where they get uh, caption templates and they get um, photos and so many resources for their business to do their social media without having to outsource it to someone else. So they can do it, and then but we give them all the ideas, and then they just take it and run with it and make it their own. So it's like there's all these people out there wanting to do, you know, they're so focused on their social media now because they haven't been before, and then they've been in lockdown and suddenly realized that's their way to communicate with the world. And now, now they've got this, um, but they don't necessarily know what to post especially if they're at home all day, you know, what do I post? We're not doing anything. So it's, it gives them the resources to tell their stories and gives them all the ideas and prompts without having to outsource their social media. So I felt like when I came out, I was like, this idea is such a winner and we're going to have it with a New Zealand feel. So, you know, all the photos are taken in New Zealand. We have, um, you know, we have, some, uh, summer Christmases, there's no winter Christmases and all those things that are so particular to us, um, you know, because there's other resources around the world, but they're so American or European that they're not, they're just not us. So, yeah, I, I just got, I was, honestly, I just got so excited straight away. I was like, this idea, this idea, we've got to run with it. You did stop to get dry and dressed before you... I did at some point. <laughs> I'm really excited though. You know when you get an idea and you just you just can't let it go. It's like I, I'll regret this if I don't give it a shot. So what? How much work is there between a shower thought and a running business? Apparently a lot. <laughs> <laughs> there were times I so it took me 
till so that was August 2020. Uh, so then I, the wheels got in motion. We spoke to our business mentor, who um, you know sort of kept, said yes, this is a good idea. You should run with it. Um, so then we, um, I didn't really know what to do. I started googling things, how to do things, and it was none of it was going to be quite right. So it took. The whole next year, and then March the following year, this year, was when we launched. So it took a long time, and I really did need people well above above my skill level <laughs> to be able to implement it, because I, I am not skilled at everything in life, it turns out. So you need people that are good at web stuff, or um, I needed to get photographers, and I needed to get writers, because I don't want to be, this is how I felt, I don't want to be just the sole expert in this business I want to pull together experts and then um, you know get that out to people so I'm not you know I have copywriters that write New Zealand copywriters and I have New Zealand photographers so I'm not the one rushing around doing all the bits and pieces I'm not the one pulling the website together but I'm kind of coordinating the whole thing and it turns out it was a big project and I am grateful for people around me that have supported it and backed it and gone the extra mile for me because I would have at one point I was so close to giving up I really thought this is too much I cannot get it over the line but the people around me were like no we're gonna get you there Sarah we're gonna get you there so so grateful for those people because without them there's no way this would have happened and you know it takes a village and it really does. And people that believe in ideas to get around you and support you, it's, it would be so much harder if you were trying to do that on your own, solo, just trying to, you know, do something big. You actually need people. You really need people. It takes a village, but your first music choice is This Is Me from The Greatest Showman. Why this one? Uh, it's because it's about um, being yourself and being courageous in yourself. So, I do a lot on social media and I encourage people to do a lot on social media um, for my business. And a lot of it is people are scared to show who they are. So they're like, oh, but people will judge me and um, people will think that I'm less professional because I've shared a personal story or showed a vulnerable side of myself. But I want to encourage people to be themselves you know this is me you know look at this here I come you know marching to the beat of you know beat of my drum you know like it's it's about um being courageous in who you are not being ashamed of who you are just being being your best you and you know your your vibe attracts your tribe so you know you end up you might think oh it's this you know I'm if I'm if I'm being myself people won't like me no, completely the opposite. When you're being yourself and you are relaxed in who you are, other people are drawn to you and and your people are drawn to you. So that's why the song, because to me, it just speaks of being authentic, being who you are and not being shy or embarrassed about that. Even though we're in this big, crazy, vulnerable world, you, you actually, you do better by being yourself. Run away, they say, no 
manifests in all parts of your life you know I know you and I know your businesses and and your family and I just see this beautiful creative energy that sort of underpins everything it seems where has that come from in you is it something you that you've always had or you've developed over time uh actually that's a funny thing I I think it was I come from a musical family and my husband is too so there's a lot of even though I found it hard to choose songs, <laughs> I actually come from a musical family and um, 
there were other people, like I think my grandfather was into theatre, but I never saw any of that. Um, and then when I was, this goes back a long way, when I was at intermediate, I was I was the shyest, quietest girl. Like all my school reports said quiet and conscientious. Like I never spoke up, very, very, very quiet. And just, you know, not, not one of those popular, confident kids, you know, I was, I was the one always last, you know, picked last for PE. You know, I, was, I was, didn't have that confidence. And when I was at Intermediate, they had their school production. And my teacher, I don't know how, I don't know how she saw it, but she was like, I want you to audition for the school production. And I remember the other teachers apparently said to her, are you sure? Like, you know, that girl, she's very quiet. You know, she wouldn't even have to be heard because they didn't have microphones back then, you know, it was just all your voice from the stage. You had to project it to the back of the um, school hall. And so, anyway, I ended up with the lead role in my school production. And that was the end of that. <laughs> I'd never done anything ever again. That was it. That was the extent of <laughs> that side <laughs> of creativity. Music, yes. So I played the flute. I um, played the piano badly but the flute was my main instrument. And then a few years ago in Sakatane, we had a show here called um, Evita. You probably have heard of it. Maybe. And I was asked to be in the um, the orchestra pit in the band playing flute. And I was like, I have not played the flute for years. I'm like, I am so rusty, like terrible, like, I haven't really not played it as an adult. I was very, very good when I was young, but really terrible now. Anyway, I got I, I said yes because, you know, you need to say yes to some experiences that scare you, I think. And, gosh, I enjoyed that. It was just amazing. And it actually reignited some of that creativity in me. And I I enjoyed that so much. I, I got a lot out of that. And I think it sparked something new. And so then when the social approach came, I have not been overt on social media. I hadn't been, I had done a lot for our company, Bullseye Productions, but I hadn't, um, I hadn't been on myself. But um, so this is early days of the social approach. Actually, this is even earlier than the social approach. I had started social with Sarah. I knew that I had some good things to offer with social media coaching. Um, so I started to put myself out there on social media with re uh, reels and video and stories and things like that. And then reels came along. And they that weirdly changed the game again for me because reels are this really creative space. And, <laughs> and I felt like I reignited that 11-year-old girl from Intermediate that I had forgotten existed. I had not even remembered her. I didn't even know that I, I could, I didn't know I had an expressive face or that I could bring energy to the, to what I was doing. It, but it, it reignited that. And I was like, that is so weird because I had not thought about that school production in forever or the, or that I could bring this creative energy to these reels and things like that. And so it was a really, um, kind of an epiphany, really. I was like, ah, oh, I have this creativity inside me 
even in this kind of, oh, in some ways you could call it an acting zone. It's not really acting. It's <laughs> just have to goofing off, really. But, it's, um, you know, I, I had that inside of me and I didn't even know it. And I, the weird thing is I feel like I'm more my authentic self now from doing that. So I'm like, ah. And, you know, I remember in the past, you know, if I do things, I, you know, you, you have these people in your life that are eye rollers, you know, and you do something and they roll their eyes and they, that really hits to your heart. And so I've, I've had to struggle with that, like, because, you know, I, I often in my mind see maybe one or two particular people from my past rolling their eyes in my head. You know, that's what I see. And I have to really remind myself, no, those are not my people and that's not who I'm speaking to and that's not who I'm trying to attract. The people that um, are going to get around me and be, you know, and like what I'm doing are people that get it. You know, they find it fun, they find it entertaining and they like it when you're being authentic and true to yourself. I have a great friend that I met through um, Instagram and she'll, <laughs> she's a marketing expert. She'll dress up as a road cone. You know, I'm not doing that. But she is she is my people because she's authentic and she is not concerned about <laughs> what, what people are thinking. And I, but I do. I feel like this creative part of me got reignited, kind of started back with Evita. And then from there, when Reels came out, yeah, it, it, I found something I'd forgotten had existed. Yeah. Is your creativity... Um somehow connected to courageousness because for a shy person to to take on a lead role there is so much courage required there so are those two connected for you do you think you know it's kind of weird I don't feel nervous in front of people I don't feel nervous public speaking I I don't feel I, I sing but I like to sing backing vocals like harmonies and things like that. If you ask me to sing the lead, I'm like nervous wreck, cannot do it. Um, but if I'm singing in that more comfortable zone, I, there's no nerves at all. So for me, it's, it's the courage is putting aside fears of what other people that have judged me in the past might say. I think that's where the courage comes. Um, but the courage and terms of actually putting myself out there I've found I haven't needed to do that so much in fact I've observed on social media a lot of introverts do really really well at putting themselves out there because it's kind of a safer space you're actually not in um you, you know you haven't got a live audience you've got no one heckling you or <laughs> you're in your own room you can do what you like and it's, it's kind of a quite a safe way to do it but I've never had really weirdly had too many nerves when it comes to public speaking or um, performing. I do get nervous, but um, yeah, it's more the courage comes around to um, imposter syndrome, you know, maybe I'm not good enough or um, what someone else might think. And I think those are the things, those things actually are really important to kick to the curb. So, and I've known that. So I've really made a conscious decision to step above that above those fears because those are fears that will only ever hold you back and they are not meaningful fears because they're just someone else's opinion
Bubble Sprite of the Forest of Orokunui, Dunedin's favourite goddess, Tahu Mackenzie. Kia ora koutou, I hope you're all having the best day, beautiful superstars and your beloved universes. And I really hope wherever you are and whatever's happening around you, this journey that we're all on together is proving to be very rewarding, very sustained and illuminating for you more and more each day. Who you are, a triumph of nature's art, perfect, unique and here making things better thank you now i know that for us all the last more than two and a half years has been very challenging there have been so many new aspects to our lives that we never would have imagined we'd have to navigate and in this time we've had to draw upon every inner reserve that we consciously and subconsciously and unconsciously possess in order to continue to function as part of consensus reality. And of course for all of us this manifests in different ways. And over time of course we are constantly learning and co-evolving with all life in an infinite web in order to continue this process together. I know for myself with all the shifts and changes that have taken place in my life at times I feel that no time has passed or that very little time has passed since this whole journey began for us all. But of course, another part feels that really so much is so different that a lot has taken place, a lot of time has passed. So I think we're all navigating these different realities and I've been enjoying catching up with friends recently and hearing about their experiences and I think this ability that we have to connect, to share with one another, to communicate our experiences is just so valuable and so precious and of course being part of this show has helped me immeasurably over this time connecting with people all over the world and hearing their stories, hearing their strategies, hearing what has changed for them, what has stayed the same, what new realisations they've had, what is helpful to them, what they're really passionate about now, what strengths and desires, what has stayed true for them, what has helped them to know who they are in a very different landscape. It's fascinating. So of course I want to say a huge thank you to everybody who has been part of this show and of course to Sam and the whole Blowing Bubbles team. I'm just so grateful to be part of this with you all. This is a historic time and this is a time that can allow for a shift in global consciousness. This is a time that can allow for a sense of equality and a shared experience. We're all being tempered in this crucible together and I would hope that this time can serve as a great leveller for us all. That we can look back on this time and we can see how we have all grown and changed together. And of course for me in my role at Orokunui Eco Sanctuary, my heart's home workplace, I'm just even more grateful for the time that I get to spend with the beautiful Rakatahi and Tamariki, the beautiful young people of our world. 
that surrounds us to really enjoy connecting with them and their sense of wonder, their sense of appreciation, their sense of presence and surrender to the present moment. All of these things really inspire me and I've been so lucky that this week I've had the wonderful Hamden School, just a really small group of children coming out and each of them of course with unique skills and gifts to share with the world as we all possess and each of them able to share those with such generosity with such confidence with with such courage with such openness and whenever I am lucky enough to work with these groups of course it serves as a reminder to me of what is possible that we can unshackle ourselves from the limitations of past events, that we can free ourselves from the constraints of any limiting beliefs, that we can bring ourselves into the present and appreciate all of the opportunities that surround us and that our gratitude practice and our sense of gratitude can be focused on these future opportunities, these present moments of wonder and realization that we are alive that we are free that we possess this incredible consciousness and physicality our senses and of course our ability to nurture and nourish the world around us and the world within us and that these are in many ways one and the same I know that for me, I would love to be able to have a beautiful family one day and nurture and nourish them, care for them. I'm really hoping that will be possible. But in the meantime, extending that nurturing energy far and wide is a great privilege to me, a great pleasure for me. And of course, as part of this, speaking with you, a highlight for me so thank you again for having me and i'll look forward to talking to you again soon thanks you are listening to blowing bubbles we're talking with sarah galbraith sarah this creativity this confidence the courageousness oh, all the c words all the good c words in life all of those are they teachable things can we package this beautiful thing that you've experienced and that you've shared with us today, can we package that and teach it? I think they're all things you can learn. I think they're things that I've had to learn. Um, and I think, yeah, I do think we can learn those things. I'm I'm really intentional about some things. I'm really intentional about who I follow on social media. I make sure that they're people that inspire me. I don't follow anyone that makes me feel less than or makes me feel like I can't do something, or um, that is quite judgy. I don't, I will unfollow anything like that. I follow people that, um, people like Mel Robbins, who um, teach about stepping outside of your comfort zone. And, you know, she's got a technique, and I've used this um, myself, and she does the counts down five, four, three, two, one, and then you just do it. And apparently it creates a pattern interrupt in your brain. And so when you're scared of doing something or find, finding something difficult to do, you just count down five, four, three, two, one, and then just do it. And I've used this heaps of times and it weirdly works. I'm like scared to break the magic of it by not doing it. 
<laughs> it's, it's an incredibly powerful thing. Just count down. It interrupts all those negative thoughts that I can't do it, and then just just do it. I've watched people that are, um, you know, speak about their journeys and overcoming and being courageous themselves. And so I think it's really important to get in your thought processes those kind of words that, yes, I can do it. Yes, I can be more. I can I can step out of my comfort zone and it's okay. I don't need to worry about what other people think. Um, what I bring is unique. And so these things really affect how you think about life. They say, don't they, that the you become some of the five people you hang around with the most. And so it's um, so important to have people around you that, yes, and not just yes people, but when they can see that something's possible, that they get them behind you. But people that are, are positive in their words, positive, positive in their affirmations, because it does affect your thought processes and that, that whole neuro-linguistic uh, pathways thing, you know, just getting those right trains of thought makes a big difference. And that 54321, I think, really helps with that because it cuts off the negative thought of I can't do it to, and you just then get on and do it. So I've found that quite a powerful little tool, funnily enough. There's, um, I've, there's another tool really similar for people who suffer from anxiety attacks where you count to 12, everything out of order. You can't have a consecutive number. So you might go one, nine, seven, and you have to, you've got to count, find all the numbers and, and count them out of order. The same thing, it disrupts that, all of that thinking and it just settles everything down. Such useful tools. I did hear that your brain cannot do both the processes at the same time of anxiety and working out those numbers. Yeah. So... It's, it, there's science behind it, so we may as well use that science to our advantage so that we can become more courageous people. And that's a very good thing, being more courageous. Mm. With your, um, you were talking about your kids, um, how they were really happy being at home um, and happy in that digital space, connecting with their friends. We sort of were going down that pathway with education and it seemed to be going really well. And now we are all the way back to how we were before COVID. And I feel like we lost something. We lost an opportunity for transformation. Yeah, I think um, by the last lockdown, I found in terms of schooling that they started to really not be that interested. So I think it has been good that they are back and engaging because there is a level of accountability and probably us as parents get fatigued as well. Like, ah, you, you, you opened your Chromebook, that's enough. Who wants to get into a battle all day, every day? So I do think it, it has been good. But, uh, yeah, some of those, well, I don't know. I think at high school I feel like they've sort of integrated a bit of both. I get a lot more... They do a lot more online than they used to do. There's a lot more accountability online and they can message their teachers outside of school hours or ask questions. So I think that part of it has stayed. Um, but, yeah, I do think my kids, even though they didn't want to go back to school, I feel like it has benefited them because they were finding ways to dodge actually doing the work. <laughs> <laughs> a very easy thing to do. Do you think it's had much of an impact on the education? 
oh, it's so hard to tell. I don't think so. I don't feel like they're struggling particularly. Um, yeah, I, I don't think so. I feel like they've kind of kept up. I think the teachers have been pretty good at, um, you know, the continuity and just connecting, connecting the dots. I haven't, I haven't seen a suffering in, in that regard, but, you know, I guess you, how do you know, really? How do you know? What have you got to measure it against? I think that's really difficult. So I, I've, my guess is that they're doing pretty good. They seem, they seem like they're doing well. They're, you know, getting reasonable marks and seem to be relatively successful. So, but what have you got to measure it against? I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm just taking that as a, okay, yep, we're on the right track. I've really, I actually really tried to not focus in on it. I thought no one needs that stress. No one needs to be, um, and they don't need it. They don't need the stress of, oh, I'm getting behind and, and how am I going to keep up? So I've, I've really kept that out of our conversation, apart from my son who's doing NCEA this year. You know, obviously you have to keep chasing that along because you don't want them to get behind in that. That's really important. But overall, I, I haven't wanted to bring add any anxiety to the situation. Um, COVID did affect my daughter quite a bit in terms of um, she's become really germ-phobic and really um, gets really um, upset if you put your fingers near your mouth um, or if you're you know you're eating dinner and you put a crumb in your mouth or something, she'll glare at you and you're, like, you're in trouble for for putting your hands near your mouth. This is and she's like, you go and wash your hands. And she'll stare at you until you've gone and washed your hands. So um, she's found that really difficult. So um, it's really about trying to bring a bit of peace to the situation. So I I haven't been on their case about school at all. I've, you know, it is what it is. They'll, they're kids. Kids learn fast. They'll catch up. Um, so I've really tried to keep anxiety out of that. There's enough with the germs. <laughs> <laughs> Let's take the second of your music choices. Let's have a pink. Cover me in sunshine. Why this one? Oh, uh, it's just, it's a nice, I, I, I like how Pink did this with her daughter. And for me, that just, you know, I, my, me and my daughter, we like to sing together. So that's kind of a nice, gives me a good vibe, a good feel. And I just like the whole, you know, the positive, the positivity of it, you know, cover me in sunshine. It's just this, um, this outlook on life that I would like us to have. And I, I just, I like how she's done it with her daughter. I don't know. I think that just speaks to me. I think it's just a beautiful, a beautiful thing. I've been dreaming friendly faces. I've got so much time to kill. Just imagine
your work on or with the social approach. Did you describe it as working with businesses in a way that's empowering them rather than them outsourcing the work to you? Yes, I don't. I don't do the work for them. We create. We it's a membership platform, so they get in every month. There's new content in there, so they can take that content and make it their own. So I want them telling their own stories, and you know, a lot of people will employ a social media manager, but those especially when it's a smallish business or a um, smaller medium business, those social media managers don't know all the stories of your uh, values or of your business or your background or even just little funny anecdotes from your history, you know. So we've given a way for people to be able to tell their own stories. And then um, so the caption template will have like, it's got the, the post written out with lots of gaps where you put in your own story. But then they, it might just spark off a whole new idea. So they might look at it and go, ah, oh, that reminds me of that. I can tell, so I can talk about that instead. Or, you know, they can change it completely. They don't have to use it like it is. So it's really about giving them the resources to, to do it for themselves. It's not someone else running it for them. Uh, it's not a, um, a coaching service, although we have specialty coaching in there. So we like have, I have, Bring in experts. So I've got a guy from uh, Canada who's an expert in hashtags. So we've got a masterclass in there about that. So there's those kind of resources. But I'm not going to come and hold your hand and walk you through. Um, it's a I'm providing the resources so people can do it themselves without having to bring in other people, other organisations. And it's really affordable because there's so many uh, people that either they don't end up doing their social media or only if they have so this is particularly for businesses. So they end up doing it only if they've had something exciting happen on that day. Oh, we had an event. We can put some photos up and talk about that. Um, or they um, outsource it completely and, you know, it's, it's much more, uh, less. it's less personal. So when social media is social, it's supposed to be a really social engagement. And even for businesses, it's supposed to have a, um, a social feel to it. It's about the... I always talk about building the no like trust factor. So it's about building those connections with people and, you know, authentic connections yeah. with people. How, how do you help them to move it from essentially a brochure online to that engagement, to that, that conversation? That's, that's what the captions do. So we've got like every month they get 30 captions and there's a whole range. So some of them will be about my why and talking about that. Some will be maybe a game because when people engage on a game type post, even though it might not have anything to do with your product, it means that then they'll see your posts later on that are about your product. So it's getting away from social media feeling like you say a catalog, a sales brochure in your junk mailbox that you just, you know, throw away. We don't want that. We just want people, we actually want people to engage. So every, we have captions with sort of different categories. My why, maybe the benefits, uh, a encouragement type posts, uh, tips and tricks. So there's this whole range of categories that can help you talk about your business or about your values without it always having to be selling directly or just being a product showcase. So it's helping people tell the other stories that make their business. In terms of that authenticity, businesses have been doing it hard over the last couple of years. And there's been a clamour for certainty when that's not possible in a pandemic and 
people are now struggling to to staff the in particular my bus apparently how do you how do you help them convey that authenticity but also yeah we know it's hard is the posts aren't all you don't have to be like hey everything's great all the time you can write a post about hey here's a challenge i faced and here's how i was able to overcome it or here's a challenge i faced and i don't have an answer yet what are your guys thoughts so you can but you still get to set the boundaries you you it's your business so you don't have to be um so open that you expose every part of your every floor in your business you still get to set boundaries about what's appropriate for your business or your personal personal life what you want to share but you can still be vulnerable um about talking about some of the obstacles that you've overcome or um yeah and those sorts of things help people to be real um but then still talk about their business in a positive way you know it doesn't need to show that oh this business is weak or unstable it's to show hey we we know we can work through these things and we come out as a better business for it and so yeah you should go so i have some questions to end the show with and not very much time so we're going to have to wriggle what is the biggest success you've had in the last couple of years oh biggest success uh, hitting 10 years in business with Bullseye Productions, I think that for us was a real biggie. Um, you know, when you start off in business, there are the naysayers. Oh, you know, businesses, they don't last more than, most businesses don't last more than two years. And so when we hit our 10-year anniversary, it was like a real celebration for us because, you know, there have been people that have gone, oh, you know, we don't believe in that or we don't think that's possible. But we have, and we've created a successful business, and it's growing, and we've brought new people into the team, and um, we're grateful for the people that have believed in us and that have got us to the 10 years. So we're writing a book of these conversations. It's called Tomorrow's Heroes. It's our team of people doing good work. So you are in that team. What's your superpower? Stepping, stepping out, uh, stepping out of comfort zones. Is that a superpower? I don't know. <laughs> well, I'm going to go with it. Yes, it would be an interesting thing to have on your the back of your cape. <laughs> Super stepping out of comfort zone, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you consider people? It'll be a good reminder that they can too. Do you consider yourself to be an activist? Not particularly, or maybe, I don't know. What's an activist, really? Someone who speaks up for what they believe? Maybe I am, I don't know. So what motivates you? What gets you out of bed in the morning? What motivates me? Uh, ooh. Bringing positivity. I'm, I'm, I'm a... I really am a glass half full kind of person. My family motivates me. I I want the best for them. I want them to see that things are possible and that they can step out of their comfort zones. You know, I have a, my children are all very similar to me, quite shy, um, but I want them to see that, you know, they can do what they set their minds to. So uh, that, yeah, 
that motivates me. What gets me out of bed in the morning is counting backwards from 10. <laughs> That's <laughs> actually, my rule. <laughs> actually, when I started exercise, because I did not, as I said, I was always last picked in PE, was not a fit person growing up. I was a musical person. I was not one of the 40 people, so very unco. Um, so about four years ago, I started doing workouts at home. I got to the point, I was like, okay, I have to do this. Um, you know, I was I felt like I was letting my kids down because I didn't want to do things because I had um, I, I didn't have the fitness to do it. And so I started, as I was saying before, listening to people and on social media that were going through a similar journey and were succeeding and the positive talk. And then I came, that was when I came across Mel Robbins with the counting backwards from five, four, three, two, one. And I started doing because I could struggled to get up to exercise. And so then, and I would argue with myself, I'd lie in bed arguing, ah, <laughs> oh, I can do it later on. I don't really need to do it today. I did it yesterday. And so I started doing the five, four, three, two, one, counting backwards, like same from 10. And now it seriously changed my life, my whole life. <laughs> and now I, I don't even, I don't need to count anymore. I can just get up and exercise and, you know, do the thing. Um, but it's, it literally changed my life, <laughs> counting backwards. And what challenge or opportunity are you looking forward to in the next year or so? My challenge is really about growing the social approach. It is still very new. Um, so I really want that to um, become successful because I know it just can make such a big difference. Uh, the other thing that I want to see happen in the next years is if my kids are in their teens I want to see them transition into their adulthood really well and something my parents did and I think this is such a great idea and they don't even remember they did it but to me it was like one of these really foundational things is when I was 16 they said to me Sarah over the next two years we are going to help give you more and more freedoms until you're 18 and when you by the time you're 18 you'll be able to make all your own decisions without any input from us yes we'll be here for advice but you won't need to ask you know you can do anything so over that two-year period it went from a you know my curfew got later to having no curfew you know uh, maybe choosing my own clothes instead of my parents buying them or you know knowing you know if I could go to a party or not and so over that two years I had this transition and it was good for me because I knew those freedoms were coming but it was also good for um, my parents because they also had the process of letting go. And I see a lot of people, that, a lot of parents that struggle when their kids are getting older to this stage of life to let go. And even sometimes when they end up in relationships, the, the parents are still trying to um, control their decisions or tell them what they should and shouldn't do. So I think it's really good for parents as well to go through this process of letting go over that period of time. So that is actually something I want to do uh, my husband and I have talked about it, what we want to do with our kids is they, you know, our eldest is 16, so we're at that point now. So transitioning them into adulthood so they're ready to make all those decisions and be their own person, but also we're ready to let them go when the time comes as well. So that is actually something that is quite big, I think, at our stage of life and really important. That sounds like a good plan. And lastly... Do you have any advice for our listeners? Advice. Step out of your comfort zone. You can do it. 
Uh, don't listen to the naysayers. Get people around you that believe in you, that speak positivity into your life, that can encourage you and support your ideas. You know, when you get those ideas that seem bigger than you, well, maybe there's a way you can do it. So, yeah, step out, give it a go. You'll never know. You'll regret it if you don't give it a go. Thank you for that. Mawera. Sarah, you and Andy have built two really great businesses which are focused around helping other people to be their best business and I think that is a beautiful thing that you do and I think that our local business community is so lucky to have you um, the commitment that you've made to I guess making a better stronger community um, and also that your ethical approach to business is evident in your practice as well uh, so you're great role models for everybody. I just want to say thank you for all the work that you do and all the work that you're going to do over the next while. And thank you for joining us today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed this chat. And even with those questions that had me floored, <laughs> <laughs> I really enjoyed it. Thank you so much. Thank you. The man friends. You've been listening to Blowing Bubbles, positive conversations with people in their bubbles, their safe spaces around the world. Brought to you by the Sustainable Lens Team, which is brought to you by Otago Polytechnic. We are broadcast on Otago Access Radio every Monday, Wednesday and Friday afternoons at 3 and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz. You can find us on Facebook and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We had a contribution today from Tahu McKenzie. This is Manfred Mann, 54321. I'm Sammy Mann in Sawyer's Bay with Mawera Karatai in Fakatani and also in Fakatani we've been joined by Sarah uh-huh. Galbraith. Uh, that was Blowing Bubbles. We hope you enjoyed the show. Marty Wild. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.